Blog Talk Radio. This week's Dungeon Crawlers Radio is brought to you by Audible. Visit audiblepodcast.com slash Dungeon Crawlers Radio to start your free... Broadcasting live from the PCR studio. The Emperor has been expecting you. Where Geekishik and Pandemonium reign supreme. Come to the coach and get together, have a few laughs. Your host will discuss everything you need to know about the world of Geek. Oh, yeah! So grab your staff, throw on your cape, and roll your 20-sided die. Because it's time for... Dungeon Crawlers Radio. And we're waiting. Buffering, clicking. Hello. 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 Answering. You have answered. (laughs) Gentlemen. From two hours in the future. Buffering. Buffering. <laughs> uh, two hours in the future. How are the flying cars? Um, well, you guys are in the future. We're in the past. Yeah, we're in the past. We're still in fossil fuels. Oh, oh man. Oh. Yeah, we're using crystallic fusion over here. Yeah. Awesome. Wow. The mood. I can't wait until two hours from now. Well, we got, like, what, four or five inches of snow outside? Ugh. Oh, wow. We're in, like, T-shirt weather where we are. Yeah. yeah. That's that's how it was this weekend, and then it just dumped on us yesterday. Yeah, it went from 60 to 10. Yeah. Hey, we're going for single digits this week. Right? I know. It's awesome. <laughs> well, at least you can ski where you guys are, right? Yes. If you yeah. can open your door. If you can open your car door. <laughs> just get in your car and hit the brakes, and you'll ski all you want. Well, yes. <laughs> all that's supposed to hit us tomorrow into the weekend. Uh, yeah, it's supposed to snow again this weekend, too. So. Funny thing is, I was driving home, and my car door froze shut. Yeah. On my drive home. <laughs> my my windshield wipers were frozen. That was awesome. Ugh, that's always the fun one. Yeah. Doesn't oh, do any good. Half the windshield state, half the wiper state sticks to the windshield. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It just kind of flops like... Then you try to turn on the water to get all the salt and stuff off your windshield, and it just freezes the second it hits. Yeah. Awesome. Good times. Good times. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. To be frozen. Yes. Well, thanks again for coming back on the show. We love oh, having you on. We love being here. Can't believe they asked us again. Well, of we course. It up last time. I can't believe you guys said yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what, I, we only had pie and cookies when I came over here, and I was lied to. <laughs> we only had to what, c- come back to you like, three times at Gen Con to do, get a decent interview. That was crazy. Gen Con was crazy this year. Yeah, it was nuts. Yeah, we sold out of Dwarven Miner completely, which we thought we brought way more than we would ever need. Yep. We're like, we're never going to. What are we going to do? We're going home with all this. <laughs> we're going to have like, we're going to sell like five, and then we're just going to be shipping the rest of this. And So, so that that reminds me, Flagoon needs new stickers for his dice. He has played his game so much, he has worn the stickers out. Yeah, Wow. You can okay. hardly tell what the the pictures are on the dice anymore. It's just we go by color coding now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I need I need two oranges and a blue. 
<laughs> That's not a problem. We can we can take care of that, right? I awesome. Suppose, I suppose for these guys we could. We could. We, we've been doing. Yeah, we can do that. Yeah, and there's, uh, there's also uh, we're really working on racking our brain trying to find somebody to make molded versions of the dice. Yeah. In America cheap and it just doesn't happen not even cheap in america just make them in america please mm-hmm. yeah we have found out that i've talked to quite a few people uh people that have been in the industry even longer than i have and not a single person makes dice in the united states even the people that cling to get their blank cubes from overseas oh wow <laughs> yeah so even your company like chessex and coplo and all them like they're they get the blind cubes and then they put their stuff on and then they say it's made here. Ah, such con artists. <laughs> I see how it is. Well, well, it's not con artists, so it's just, just that's the industry. You know, no one in America is making them inexpensively enough. Yeah, I mean, well, there's that new company, Artisan Dice, that makes theirs out of wood. So, yeah, I'm sure those are pretty a pretty penny too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Uh, but anyway. But one of the things we'd like to do in the future is, is, you know, obviously when we make the next run, it would be nice to have molded dice in the box. Yeah. Um, but until then, we we want to have some kind of like, um, you know, if the game's doing well enough, have some kind of like beef up kit that has the molded dice and some some Reaper minis or something in it, you know. Nice. So if you're a hardcore gamer like that. Yeah. Did you already wear through both sets of stickers? Yeah. You yeah, you did. You're, yeah. Not 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 them. Much. You're not supposed to use them as whiskey stones either. No. <laughs> it, yeah, laid. it was it was a it was a popular it's a popular, popular game uh, amongst uh, amongst my friends in my gaming group. Well, cool. That's that's good to hear. Yeah. Wow, that's cool. Dwarven Miner and Four Taverns is probably the only game we play lately. Really? So, yeah. Wow, yeah. you guys are broken, huh? Yeah. yeah, kids love it. It's just, yeah, it's we play it all the time. They'll pick it over every other game we have. Because of the art, right? It's the art. Uh, I think so. The, you know, they love the art, but they also like screwing Dad over. Oh, uh, no, that's my part. You have my thanks for that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, know, I know the I know the fun with uh, with Dwarven Miners is there's it's a very uh, it's a very active game. There's, you know, there's always something moving. Everyone's always, you're always, there's always dice rolling. So it's yeah. a, it's a, it's a, it's a very like exciting thing. It's almost like you're at Vegas, but you're fortunately not going to be losing your shirt. <laughs> it's like Vegas, but with more beard. Yeah. Yes. It's like Duck <laughs> Dynasty Vegas. It's like Dick yes. Vegas. Lost Duckus. I don't know. That, that's what it is. The Duck Dynasty is their next venture. They're going to buy a casino. <laughs> you know, I'm sure somewhere they already have one. <laughs> yeah, for five. I think we need a, a new house rule. Uh, yeah, you know, you get the, so many thieving rolls, you can steal your opponent's shirt. That works. Whoa, strip miner. <laughs> strip miner. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> No, Dwarven's been really lucky though. We've got some. We've had such good review from Dwarven Miner from just all walks, the casual gamers, the hardcore gamers. It's been really positive. Yeah, it's surprising. I mean, we love the game, and people people like the look of it, and then they play it, and they like the way it plays, and then the look fits the way it plays. And we got uh, we got contacted by a guy from Russia who wants to license it yep. over there. And, wow. Yeah, and uh, we actually got approached. 
uh, by GameStop, so you can get our games there. Um, but we told them, you know, you can't sell it any cheaper than mom and pop stores. Yeah. That takes yeah. everyone off. And they listened. And they listened, yeah. They're great. That's they, amazing. Yeah, GameStop, GameStop.com, it's all up there. Really? Um, so yeah. did, did they agree to that then? Did they agree to your pricing guidelines? They came up, what happened was they came up and they said, oh, like, this game's Warren and Reiner, tell me about it. And you told them about it and they're like, really like this. And their tags were turned and they turned around and said, we're from GameStop, we want to carry this game. And I was all sorts of confused. I'm like, wait, video games, board games, what? Yeah, so they're starting this new program uh, to bring in board games to the stores. And, uh, you know, they're actually, we're actually working pretty intensely with them for a little bit about trying to help them understand what smaller manufacturers like us um, need in order to, to work with them to make the games go and all that. And we talked about the on-paw deal. And, and fortunately, they have a couple employees that are really skilled in the board game industry who know Mm-hmm. You know, we just kind of backed what they said, and yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, they'll have sales and things like that, but yeah. the yeah, that's the standard retail price is what they're offering it for, right? Yep. Uh, awesome. Yeah. That's great. You're able to negotiate with with a with such a large uh, with such a large outlet. And they've honestly been really great. From, they've been fantastic from the from reception. <laughs> they've been nothing but positive and nothing but. Uh, really wanting an open dialogue because they're so new to the board gaming side of the industry, they were really open to suggestions and say, hey, we're new here. We know it. Like, tell us tell us what we should do. And, and uh, I actually did some signage for them. I don't know if they're going to use it or not. Just trying to get this part of it going and off the ground. Wow. You yeah. said men's and women's? Yeah. That, yeah. yeah. That's what... <laughs> <laughs> so then, do you see this as the next, uh, the first step towards getting to uh, getting into the larger retailers as well? Um, you see yourself being uh, featured in like Target or something like that? I don't know. That's shaky ground. We have to kind of approach that as it comes um, because we we're gamers to the core, and we like you know we understand the value of the mom and pa, the local game yeah. store. Yeah. And we don't ever want to step on those guys if it can be helped, but. You know, the, end, the total goal here is to make money so we can bring up more games and cool games and yeah. and put food in our mouths and all that. And yeah. so, you know, we kind of have to weigh that out as we go. But, but uh, no, we just we want it to be in every mom and pa store. We want people to like it. That's what we really want. Yeah, and I think GameStop will actually help the mom and pa stores, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree, because, like, uh, GameStop wouldn't be taking from the mom and pa audience, like, People go in there for the expertise of the person who owns the store. People, what GameStop's doing is it's reaching a different audience. You know, people yeah. go in to buy a game and end up turning around buying a board game, and uh, that's cool. And the people at GameStop are being heavily trained as to, you know, hey, you like this video game, you'll like this board game. It's cool. It's cool. It's really good. I think it has potential to help pop the big bubble over the gaming industry in America. Nice. Hey, you like that too? Someone's grooving. <laughs> <laughs> so, would you say that Dwarven Miners become like your best seller now? Dwarven Miner, our best seller. It's kind of neck and neck with Four Taverns. No. But the fact that Dwarven Miner has been available for less amount of time, probably, I would call it. Yeah. But and Four Taverns is fun, and we, you know, we don't want to get lost in the shadow of Dwarven Miner. But mm-hmm. yeah, I love that game. I love them both. 
Yeah. Well, are we going to possibly see any, like, expansion packs, maybe, or expansion sets for uh, Four Taverns, or is that on the back burner? Well, what we're doing right now, we're we're really kind of trying to focus. we got a nice, solid product line. We're trying to focus on um, building our, our sales force, our rep network, and all that stuff, so that we can, you know, these games are still brand new to the industry, most people in it, you know, because uh-huh. they, they're still discovering it. So we're really trying to beef that up. Um, the game ideas keep flowing out of this guy's head all the time. My head. In fact, head. his head. <laughs> and we were just doing it the other day. He's like, oh, I got another game mechanic, and it's flipping awesome. And, <laughs> you know, but we really have to kind of focus on getting getting the, the games recognized and steady flow, you know, before we can really dive in too deep. I think um, I read an article today, uh, it was to- or last night, it was talking about mobile apps, how a lot of board game companies are using mobile apps. And yeah. a guy from Days of Wonder said that their Ticket to Ride app actually increased their board game sales because people were saying they'd never heard of it. I mean, Days of Wonder, Ticket to Ride, people have still never heard of Ticket to Ride, so we realized just how far we have to go. Yeah. With yeah. Well, and, uh, like, Wizards just released their Lords of Waterdeep uh, uh, out on an app, and oh, wow. yeah. you know, seventy dollar game, or you pay seven bucks, you get it on your your iPad, and you get everything all in one, and it does it mostly everything for you. And it, it's a different experience, though. Yeah, it's nice about the apps. I love it when a new game I'm trying to understand has an app because I'll just play the app, and it kind of forces you to learn how to play the game, right? Yeah, yeah and it and it walks you through the process too. Right, which is nice. That's a whole lot of work, just as yeah. Well, we were playing what Kingdom Builder wrong, and then I downloaded the app. I was like, Oh, oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. Grant doesn't need to know this. I'll still score this way. <laughs> <laughs> but as for expansions, um, I we have expansion ideas for Four Taverns. We have a lot of expansion ideas for Dwarven Minor, and I think uh, whichever one warrants the sales first and the saturation in the market first, you will see the expansion for that first. Nice. Yeah, they're they're there. Yeah, and as well as the other myriad games we have, we're kicking around. We still had we had tanks for playing ready to rock, and we put that on the back burner. That one's that was still on on hold. Still there? <laughs> yeah. Plus, okay. you yeah. come up with a crazy RPG mechanic game system, mm-hmm. which I think is cool. Still very preliminary, but yeah, it'll be fun. It'll be nice. fun. And just tons of stuff. You, ah, uh, we just need people to to know these games are fun and worth buying, and then. We can just come pouring out with all these other ones. So, at Red Hot Silly Peppers, you guys still have that out, correct? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. still going. That's still going. That, that's more of a a kid game. The kids and an educational game. Um, yeah. We found though that a lot of, as much as we call it a milk and cookies game, we found that some people are using this beer and pretzel game too. <laughs> more people. <laughs> Hopefully not with the kids at the same time. But you know. <laughs> <laughs> we got beer in my milk. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, what? Uh, so which of your games? I, I guess ideally all of them, but I mean, which of your games should be on the top of all the listeners' Christmas list this year? Since Christmas is right around the corner. Honestly, it depends on what what kind of games you play, and if you're playing with your kids or and, and your budget and your budget. Yeah, I mean. Red Hot Chili Peppers is fun. It's, you know, $15. Uh, Dwarven Miner is lots of fun. It's $50. It's, yeah, it's a full game. Board, dice, you know, markers, cards. 
Stinger. You know, they've got four taverns. Yeah, four taverns at thirty, and X marks the spot, which is a little more strategic, but still a lot of fun at twenty. So, honestly, you guys could answer that question better than. Yeah, we're we're probably a little too close. What do you think? Well, I mean, I mean, first off, you guys have them at a really good price point. I mean, they're not super expensive for anyone to pick up for a Christmas gift and not end up broke. Um, I mean, my <laughs> opinion. I love Dwarven Miner. It's a really fun game. Obviously, Flagoon likes it so much he's worn out his dice. Yeah. Um, you know, I would have to say, just because I have the two, Four Taverns and Dwarven Miner, I would, if I'm going to play with my, my buddies, um, I would go Four Taverns. But family game, Dwarven Miner's fun. Even though it is fun to play Dwarven Miner with my buddies, I mean, but... Yeah, but you get that. Yeah. You get to bash a little more with Fort Yeah. yeah. The Dwarf Line is definitely more family centric. Yeah. At least until the first expansion comes out. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can do a little bit of backstabbing with on your, your friends that you're playing with in Dwarven Miner, but it's a lot easier to do it in Four Taverns. And that's all that Revan cares about is how he can <laughs> screw his friends over. Well, then you will like the first expansion to Dwarven Miner. Yes. <laughs> that's actually something we were thinking about with. Dwarven Miner is uh, that the expansions, you wouldn't necessarily play with all of them at the same time if we ever did release, like, six expansions. Uh-huh. Um, however, if you sat down and said, oh, we're playing with, you know, some really cutthroat players, let's pull this expansion out. Or we want a little more RPG feel. A little more RPG, we'll use this one. Or we're just playing with kids, so we'll just do this. Yeah. Well, maybe if you, you well, I, I don't, the, the, you know, the D&D type person in me is thinking, well, maybe if you go with kind of the, the backstabbing Expansion pack, you use Dark Dwarves. Instead of Dark Dwarves. Yeah. The, the Don't beat us to the plot. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, my brain's on the same wavelength. There we go. <laughs> so, other than the expansions, are you working on any other games, or uh, are you just solely uh, working on uh, expanding on what you've already created? Go for it. Yeah. Oh, we games are always working on. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's actually a game. It was my first game that I ever uh, developed. I developed it with Mind Twister USA, and um, they enjoyed a limited production run. But I ended up getting the rights back to it uh, before I'd gone really far with it. Yes. And it's a really cool game. Um, it's uh, we're going to work on it. We're going to polish it up, and that's probably going to be our next product. It's an awesome game as it is, but you know you get a chance to. Do it to make changes to it. Yeah. You don't you don't throw away that opportunity. Mike's got some fantastic ways to improve it. Well, as it was, we I was there were world champion level Go players from Japan playing this game. Oh wow! Yeah, I mean it's a strategy game. It's a board board game strategy game in the venue of chess and Go and things like that. But it's uh, but it's got the lore and it's got it's it's very cool game. Very cool game. It's, it exists out there already, right? But you, it's not for sale. Anymore. It's out of print. You may be able to find it uh, still. I mean, you can see it on Board Game Geek. And that's Element. Element, right? yep. Yeah. But we're going to re-release it, and we're going to take what was awesome and make it awesomer. Nice. <laughs> Much more awesome. More awesomester. Yes. Mm-hmm. I like that. Now, not only that, in the, in the, in the future for not necessarily Rather Dashing Games, but Mike and Grant, we have... Uh, Series of, yeah, we have uh, three uh, steampunk novels that we're writing. Oh, nice! And uh, we've created this fantastic 
sandbox for not only us to write in, but anybody else to dive in. Because we, we love steampunk, and you read the books about it, and, <clears throat> you know, a lot of people will get steampunk, but just a fraction of it. Like, oh, this is like a show, like a Sherlock Holmes novel, but steampunk. Yeah, and this is Land of the Lost, but nothing else is there. Yeah. yeah. But this, we've created a world that factors in everything. And uh, it's a blast. The characters are fantastic. Uh, we already have a literary agent that's really excited about it, you know, who's been in the industry for 30 years and just really, really good at what he does. So we've already drawn the schematics for the airships and everything. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> yeah. So that's something that to look forward to. Hopefully, we're hoping that we can we can get a rocket next year. Yeah, there's a reason why we're We're actually pretty far along already. So. Okay. And so will those be published under the Rather Dashing brand, or is that going to be through a different publisher? We have, we're not sure yet. We're, we're, don't know. We're still a little early in preliminary, and we're still talking to our agent about different options. We are just putting the final touches on our package to pitch to publishers and stuff. Okay. And so if you're I listening know. out there, publishers, listen. <laughs> listen. Because that's just the beginning. I mean, this could easily be... It turned into movies. In fact, we're writing it so it's easy, it should easily be a movie or um, TV show or whatever. And then beyond that, we have our series of high fantasy novels after that that we're working on. <laughs> been working on since we were 15. Yeah. Thanks. So we got a lot going on. Mm-hmm. So games well, is not the whole of it. Nice. And, and you guys kind of dress steampunkish, uh, at, well, at least at Gen Con that we've seen. So it's not really a far stretch. Nope, nope. <laughs> That's uh, kind of the whole rather dashing feel. Yeah, yeah. Yep, and we do have steampunk games in the world, mm-hmm. you know, in our heads. But nice. That need to be made into actual games. Yes, we hope. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, fiscally responsibly. Time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, they I'm, are, so if you're out there, li- investors, listen. Well, um, Uncle Scrooge was, you know, bankrolling us. We could pop out a game every two months. <laughs> you really could, yeah. I would say every six months. In the bank. Fully well, art, um, draw faster. Yeah. <laughs> well, the one thing I like, you know, with you guys bringing up the fact you're doing the steampunk book is you're already talking about it's an open sandbox. If we have people that are interested, they can jump in with us. I mean, that's, that's kind of unheard of, really. Well, that's the point. I mean, we're, we're writing the, the three novels and then maybe some prequel novels at some point, but uh, we want to present this world as something that, you know, take it, have fun with it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because there are there are some things that are canon about it, but a lot of it is just, it's open. Yeah, for a quick example, Eastern of the United States. Everywhere for the Louisiana Purchase is flooded. Now, we know why, and you'll know why when you read the books. Uh, we can tell you what's going on in the western United States, but not a lot of our story ha- happens there. So yeah. I would love someone to take take that, essentially, atlas uh, that we've made and, you know, run with it. it. It just would be so easy to write an RPG kind of guidebook using Mike's mechanic or not, whatever, <clears throat> um, and just kind of lay out how this world is and how it works and, and uh, boom, go to town. Wow. Okay, so yeah. how does someone get involved with that then? Because this is the first time hearing of it. Well, it's the first anyone's hearing of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> first I've heard of it. Okay. Yeah, I gotta tell you something. Uh, <laughs> honestly, uh, I I think that will happen after.
after we're published. And obviously when you publish novels or something, we'd have some type of website or online support. Um, but once our books are, you know, out in Barnes Noble and stuff like that, then we can start inviting people into our world. Yeah, because it, it's very easy to take that next step and, and put a book out there that explains it a little bit, has more, has some pictures, of what things yeah. are like. And, yeah. It kind of happened with Firefly, just yeah. on technology. Yeah. Because they made, there are people in Australia that made a Firefly fan show. Some of the digital artists that worked on Firefly made up a new ship for that. Joss Whedon liked it and put it in an official canon book. Yeah, right. So that's the kind of stuff we're talking about. Right? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So we're yeah. talking so, dinosaurs, vampires, vampire dinosaurs, vampires, <laughs> dinosaurs, zombies. <laughs> yeah, we got all sorts of stuff. As long as we don't get a steampunk movie that's like, um, oh, what was that one with Will Smith? No. Wild West. Wild West. It'll be like the movie in the fact that you see it in theaters. Yes. Right. And it will be filmed, <laughs> filmed with cameras. But beyond that... Because <laughs> that was a horrible reputation of steampunk. But we're still going to have to have... I'm still going to have to insist that we have a hip-hop song written by Will Smith as the theme song, though. It's gonna, that, that, that's going to have to happen, though. Okay. That'll be the bonus track on the... Alright. Yeah, that's, that's after we ask you to direct. No! <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. The Crystal Skull. No, it's it's like equal parts. Uh, equal parts Firefly, Indiana Jones, Sherlock Holmes. Yep. And Jules Verne. And Zombies. Yeah. And, and Cthulhu and all that fun stuff. Yeah. yeah. And then Mix Well and Serve Chilled. Yeah. <laughs> or Whiskey Stone Dice. Yes, over our dice is whiskey stuff. <laughs> so is that what you see as sort of like the the secret to making a good steampunk story is just throw in just everything? No, no, no. I mean, there's there's aspects that we're not necessarily using in the story, but you know they're there in the world because they will be referenced. Uh, mm-hmm. There's too much stuff to tell in one trilogy, in my humble opinion. Yeah, and that would just make it sloppy. But... Um, but a lot of the steampunk novels I read, it's not even in the world. Or if it is, you certainly don't know about it. Yeah, you, you typically in steampunk, you just see a very small slice of the world in any kind of steampunk novel that's worth its... Yeah, and they're great books. I mean, uh, the books by George Mann are some of my favorites, but it is steampunk Sherlock Holmes. And it's not meant to be anything more than steampunk Sherlock Holmes. Right. <laughs> exactly. So are and we so going to see... Uh, oh, go ahead, Joe. Well, I was just going to ask is then what are the key elements then to to, I guess, crafting your steampunk world as opposed to uh, to one of the more established brands? Well, part of the problem is there's no de facto to go mm-hmm. to. Like, you say sci-fi, you think Star Wars, Star Trek. You know, you think Lord of the Rings, Lord of the Rings yeah. or like uh, Game of Thrones, whatever. Um, we just, uh, the, you think steampunk and people go, Bleh. you know, even people, learn. Yeah, even the people that know it don't, they're very fragmented. Right. So we, we wanted to just take the, the earth we know because it's, you know, Victorian time period and just break it a little. Yeah. And just if you break it in the right way, everything opens up. And uh, that's kind of our little secret and how we did that. Actually, we broke the world a lot. We nice. broke it. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, we just, yeah, you break it in that one area and everything kind of goes. Not so like a chocolate orange, just smash it against a table and it breaks, or like an egg, it's fragile, it breaks. Chocolate orange because it's still resilient and yummy, and you can share it with lots of people. <laughs> nice. 
I don't know. If, I don't get the metaphor, but okay. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm, I'm getting so, a really good idea with this Viking steampunk. That could be fun. Viking steampunk. Viking yes. Involves our, uh, our barbarian chef that we came up. Ooh, with. the barbarian chef. Yes. <laughs> barbarian chef. We've created oh. a, a new class for D and D called the barbarian chef. Oh. I like the way that. you have to level is you have to bring the party a dish, you have and to, they eat it. Yeah, you have to cook, actually cook, and then like you, the real. people at the table eat it and then rate it, and that's how much experience you get to level up. <laughs> well, fortunately, in our, more, more, more. In our, well, our Pathfinder group, my wife's the barbarian, and she's a heck of a baker, so... Hey, there you go. I think we need a pasta class. Whoa. Ooh, the subclass, the baker. Ooh. No, she's a Viking baker. That would probably be more of a specialty than a, uh, than a yeah. class. <laughs> yeah, specialty class. There you go. I will go home and tell my wife she's the Viking baker. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> the rogue barkeep. Yeah. You don't want to drink any of that. No, you don't drink any of that. Nice. <laughs> That's a All right, here's, here's a question for you guys. Yes. I promise you wouldn't ask them this. Oh. <laughs> I don't know anyone's about to ask. Um... From the standpoint of us being game developers and designers, we know what we love in games. Is there a game that doesn't exist out there that you would like to see or, or a game in a certain vein or genre or anything? What's missing for you in the game world? Bar- Barbarian Baker Monopoly? Barbarian Baker. Baking Mama. Barbarian Mama. The Cooking Mama. Yeah. That, was, that was a tough one. Was... See that? You guys, got, you guys got an answer? Ooh. A game that's missing? Uh, a game that's missing. <clears throat> I guess it depends. Uh, really hey. depends on what mood that I'm feeling in, because I like games that move quickly, mm-hmm. don't necessarily take a long time to play. Or learn. Um, and, you know, and just with plenty of action and has a clearly defined goal. Like rather dashing games. Yes. Oh, I think you just described our product line. Oh, indeed, yeah. <laughs> I, I promise I am not paid by you guys. I promise. Well, there's not a lot of steampunk games. True. So that yeah. is something that I would be interested in because there's just there's not much of those out there. I'd yeah, like there's starting. Well. Steampunk games. All right. Hmm. What is your favorite mechanic of a game? Play like is it when like stab your neighbor? That kind of rivalry feel. Oh yeah, That's definitely. Present. <laughs> Definitely, that's mine. Rather than like co-op. Co-ops are fun, but it's always fun when you, there's a little contention because you know, even though as much as I'm you know stabbing other people's back, you know, they're trying to get me back too. So, well, uh, Riven's, Riven's more of a uh, co-op with a with a traitor aspect, <laughs> I would think. Oh, Camelot. Yeah, pretty much. So what we need is we need to come up with a co-op game where you're working against. To, to defeat an enemy, but you're all you're all actual enemies, you know, like yeah. You see, you know, the end of friend of my the enemy of my enemy is my friend kind of thing. We already have that's called the UN. Oh, well, no. <laughs> <laughs> Not real life, and their games are very dangerous. It's a yeah. deadly prize. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, yes. Yeah, so. Change the mechanic up where you having one game mechanic you could either play cooperatively or cutthroat. Yeah, I mean. Uh... Either would work, uh, but you know, definitely that original idea where you're working together towards a common goal, but at the same time, you're still kind of wanting to be on top of the board. Kind of like like we all have to save the Earth because something's coming, but uh-huh. once we destroy it, one of us has to rule the Earth. Yeah, well, I kind of <laughs> like uh, I don't know if you guys have played uh, get the Game of Thrones board game, where no, I don't know. so you. 
at the beginning, you know, you're really weak. You are kind of forming alliances and working together, but at the same time, you're also trying to stab your neighbor behind the back so that you stay on top. So. Hmm. How's the rule book on that one? Uh, it's pretty big. Is it like uh, Battlestar Galactica? <laughs> Not as big as Battlestar. You had that. I've read the rule book three times, and I, I think can't. I come away dumber than when I started. Yeah. What? I played a game interesting uh, just this past week called Mercante. Uh-huh. And I liked it after we figured it out. It had a 23-page rule book, and it was all English. That was... That, that was those are the rules. No, no German flags or French flags. No, and, and to be honest, the rules were just like <clears throat> reference page two, subparagraph. I felt like I was reading a contract, but once I got through that, the game was really a lot of fun. Wow. Yeah. Wow. You signed your soul away. You were good to go, right? Yeah. As soon as I sold my soul to the devil, I could understand the rules. It's great. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Good time. <laughs> I like I like games that are kind of more on the on the slow burn where there's a, a nice steady build like like uh, Risk. Um, uh, uh, the only other game I walked away with uh, that was that's kind of one of the Firefly game that uh, Gale Force Nine did. Mm. How was I, that good? I haven't played that yet. I mean, it's a lot of it's a lot of fun. It's a very uh, like that's a game that you're devoting the entire evening to one game, mm-hmm. which uh, it, it can be entertaining. Even though it says it's only like three hours. Yeah, it, it takes several hours. That's if you move very, very directly. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, if you actually oh. play the game, it takes seven to twenty hours. Yeah, but everything moves so quickly that once all four players are uh, know exactly what they're doing, it's like you know each person takes their turn in like thirty seconds, and the next person's moving on and on and on and on. It's just I think half the time gets spent going uh, browsing at all the stores and trying to eyeball what you want and you, well, you, that's the part. Yeah, you got to earn money to get yourself positioned to at least accomplish the goal because you have to find crew and you got to pay for your crew. You got to pay to move around the board because you burn up fuel and parts and yeah. Wow, jeez. See now, games like that can be cool, but I don't know. That I think I don't know if Rather Dashing would ever go in that direction because there's a lot of get companies out there doing it and doing it right already. Yeah, it's hard to do right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, well, that's what I like about Rather Dashing games is they're they're kind of they're the other end where instead of the slow burn, it's a really really good quick game. And you know, I've done I've done nights where we've played you know three or four games. You know, just in like a two-hour span, and you know, it, it creates a good little—I uh, uh, wouldn't say uh, animosity, but it, it creates a good, uh, good uh, um, competitive edge, especially around that end when you're the person you've been playing has decided, oh, well, you know what? I've stolen. You know, we'll just continually steal your vault time and time. <laughs> I don't again. know who that is. Yeah, yeah, you don't know who that is. <laughs> And, you know, you just, you just, you get to that point where you're like, oh, I just got to do this at least once. And, you know, you get that one game where you're like, oh, cool. And they've got like, you know, two artifacts in there and they got like the trade goods or one of the, one of the really hard to make uh, items in their vault. And you're like, oh, cool. And you actually just like, you go for rolling the four thieves. You just push it. Yeah. You just, you just push it. You're like, I'm going to, I'm going for the four thieves. And you get it, and then you screw them over, and then you know the next turn around they roll it right back. Mm-hmm. Well, what's it what's it like when one of you guys is trying to make the bone shaman? 
I don't even think any we've even got to do that. Oh, that's right. That's more for the uh, expansion. Oh, oh, man. Man. oh, no. My my favorite thing to do with the uh, uh, another thing I really like doing with uh, with uh, Dwarven Miner is uh, like I'll play like I'll have the person will play the Rune Singer, and I get the first turn, and I almost always either have a rogue on the table Dead. or I have a rogue in hand. You have to. You just gotta ship oh. that old woman, and you know. Yeah. Well, you you, you got to get the you got to get the benefits first. So that's usually what I do is I'll roll a rogue in just that one roll, and then I'll kill the uh, shaman before anybody else gets the uh, gets the bonuses. Good, good, very good. <laughs> or uh, or killing the, or killing my own chieftain uh, so nobody else can get their crafted item. See, that's that's what's fun about these the games that, that Mike makes so well is that. You can play, and then if you lose, you can go for it again. It's not like you spent eight hours and you lost. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, that's, that's lame. <laughs> I mean, that's like, if I'm going to play a game that's going to take all night, I want it to at least be somewhat cooperative. So, like, I win, you win, we both win. Well, like, we play Pathfinder. At the end of the yeah. game, at the end of the night, we all went to the dungeon and killed the Red Dragon, and there's a team. Yeah, a team field, cause even though maybe one person died or whatever, and we got to bring them back. But. Well, not only that, when with Dwarven Miner, even though, you know, I stabbed someone in the back and stole stuff or whatever, at the end of the game, we're still really excited to jump in and play again, even though you know that I'm probably going to do the same thing. <laughs> <coughs> and these people start to gang up on you. Yes, and then they gang up on me, and yeah. But and it's you, still fun. Then you have four orcs and you're forked and... Yep. So torqued and squirted. Well, what what did we come with the the uh, up with the five? That was a five orc. I can't remember. That was a uh, quarked. Quarked. Quark, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Quarked, dorked, torqued, forked, quarked, yeah. and zorked. Right. And, and yeah. just just flat out screwed. <laughs> just flat out screwed. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yep. So, so wait, did you guys do Salt Lake uh, Comic Con? We did. It was Dude. huge. Uh, they it got so massively crazy and insane. They actually had to shut the doors and quit letting people in, as well as they kicked out seven thousand people because they wow. reached capacity. Um, it was so busy that last day that that in that kind of foam spray they put around the 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 ceiling and all that and, uh, was actually drifting down like dandruff. There was so many so much vibration. So. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, we really we'd we'd really heard the the con was huge. Our friend Kirsten went. Yeah, yeah, she said it was huge. So uh, yay! Now we're we're officially convention territory, I guess. Well, and yeah. now it was so big that they're doing a second one in April, and then the, the Comic Con again in in September. So they're doing a fan experience in April, and then the Salt Lake Comic Con in uh, September. Wow. Yeah, my friend, uh, my friend Amy was up there at, uh, oh, cool. Amy and Britt were up there at Sully Comic Con, so I'll have to try to get up there. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be great. People have a there. Great to see you guys again. Yeah. Well, Utah's a big gaming state. Yeah. It is, yeah. It's... You got nothing better to do during the winter. <laughs> <laughs> Too cold to go outside. Yeah. You can't play board games, I mean, you have to drive to someone's house. Oh. Well. Oh. That's why you make everybody else come to yours. Ah, okay. That's good. Oh, I remember winter. I spent a winter in Utah, and all I brought with me was a pair of Tevas. Oh. 
going to rather dashing games where and game stuff where else can they find uh you know for taverns and dwarven we highly encourage people to go to your local store and if they don't have it have them order i know it'll take more time but you're going to support your local store and then they know about it they know that you'll love it and you know it'll get in the right hands of a lot of a lot of cool people but if that's not an option if you're stuck in a snow drift yeah, RadBashingGames.com, GameStop.com, I think Amazon has it. Yep. You know, it's available in a lot of those those type of places, but um, all you have to do is Google it, and it'll, it'll come up. All right. Yeah, I know there's another local store here by my house that I'm going to talk to them about bringing it in, and they have, they have three stores in the Utah County area, so we're going to see if they can get it stocked there. So better. Yeah, that would be great, just because, you know, with the, with the distributors and stuff we use, we don't know. Where the are, so you know, wish we did. Yeah. So you heard it here first. Support your local game store and buy four taverns and and uh, red hot silly peppers and all of their other products at your local game store. Well said. Or I'm gonna, I will come to your house and so help me, I will write letter. You'll spray paint their dog or their cat. I will write a letter to my senator. Yes. <laughs> I will paint your car purple. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It's snowing. A lot of the cars might already be purple, quite honestly. Yes. Well, then I'll paint it blue. Oh, paint it something conservative like black. Fuchsia. Sharp <laughs> oh. roots. Wow. Yikes. Yikes. And then, uh, does, uh, does Rather Dashing have a... Uh, have a Facebook or a um, Facebook, Google Plus, or a Twitter feed that we get that listeners can follow. We absolutely do. We have all of almost all of that. We have a Twitter feed that is. Hang on. It is twitter.com slash sir underscore Barnaby, which is our fine fellow in our logo. And on Facebook, we are. It's facebook.com slash sir.barnaby. Nice. Yep. And then there's ratherdashinggames.com, which is going to be getting an overhaul pretty soon. So mm-hmm. look for that. And, uh, yeah. Well, I don't – next time you guys happen to be out here, this is something new we're going to start up. We're going to kind of do a video show where we have the game developer come in and actually demo the game. So that they can see, people can watch us play the game and get a view of that. So if you're ever in town, let us know and we'll we'll do that. That'd be fun. That'd be great. That'd be great. Because then they can actually see the game as it goes and explain the mechanics. So. Can you be comfortable behind the camera, in front of a camera, Grant? No. Okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> Grant's only been behind the camera thousands upon thousands twice. of hours. Twice. Behind the camera, twice. In front of the camera. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. In front of the camera. Really bad. Guys, crazy. So I, I have to ask: Is it really weird still having people come up to you and ask you about ghost hunters? Because I know that's kind of in your past now. No, no, I'm used to it. I say yes. I'm just his friend, and you know him forever. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, it's, it's not weird at all. I mean, that was eight years of my life, and, you know, I've been investigating for a lot of my life, and so it's nice. It's still interest to me and all that. What's weird is, like, when I post something on Twitter or Facebook, like, you know, hey, it's my son's birthday. Isn't that awesome? And people, you know, a lot of people be like, oh, congratulations, but then they'll get that one guy or two guys that are like, that's cool, but you need to come back to the show. <laughs> what does that have to do with my, like, my little victory there? Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, oh, I'm enjoying camping by a fire. Come back to the show. Like, I'm being irresponsible by Yeah. <laughs> it's, oh. Like, it's weird. It's very Stop weird. ammonia and bleach and come back to the show. Back to the show. But yeah. No, I'm appreciative, you know what I mean? They've, yeah. they've got support of me all those years and... And I'll never forget that. See, those are the people that probably don't realize that you spend hours upon hours for maybe two or three audio clips. Yeah. yeah it, it takes two weeks to film one episode. Yeah. And they want 26 in a year, so do wow. the math. Wow, yeah. Ouch. That's crazy. That's like a lot. That's yeah. like a couple episodes a year. Yeah. That's a lot of weeks. Yeah. That's crazy. Much. You're not a allowed to do game math anymore <laughs> <laughs> so there's one thing that we I, I feel like it's the uh the elephant in the room that we've all been kind of skirting around all night sure. and it's, it's battle toads yeah, yeah we uh, <laughs> hey there's what's battle missing toads. a battle toads board game there we go i would say that every day <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't even play it. I'd just look at it. <laughs> you don't really, you don't really just play a game like that. You work yourself up till you are a good enough human being to be allowed to play that game. Yeah, it's going to be the first game, Mike, that comes with its own costume. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> even better. I dub the big boot. A hundred twenty-eight page rule book. Yes, all in in uh, pig Latin. Yes. <laughs> there you go. Look for it at your local game store. Battletoads, the board game. Yeah. 360,000 game pieces. One size fits all costumes. That's One size fits all costumes. <laughs> I've definitely played a game where the instructions were half in English, half in Bork Bork, like the Swedish chef. Yeah, well, that's, yeah, that's the barbarian chest. Right. Yeah. <laughs> After you enter the dungeon, you open the chest with the stream, the stream, the stream. <laughs> oh my gosh! We totally need to add that as another specialty class. <laughs> yes, the Swedish chef, and you have to speak that way. The that was the old class. Yes. Oh. For every, for every bork you put in your conversation, you get a plus one to your saving throw. Yeah. <laughs> you can be morked, dorked, bork, bjork, 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 bjork. You have to play bjork's music while you play. Oh. Um, uh, I could get tired. That would kill the party. Yeah, I don't think I'd be able to do it. <laughs> oh, we could just simply change the... It's so quiet. You have to eat with a spork? No, instead of in Dwarven Minor, instead of orcs, it's morks. <laughs> <laughs> and minis. <clears throat> Whoa. Whoa. That's, that's a real throwback. So, yeah. when you guys are thinking of uh, expansion packs, I mean, are we thinking about a year out just because you want everyone to get excited and get on board with Dwarven Minor, or are you thinking sooner? Well, like I said, it's uh, it's still new to a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, it came out this year. So um, we would love to do an expansion pack every fucking six months. Yeah. I mean, we have enough. But 
You know, it's just a matter of we have – the game is doing well, uh, but it, it needs to get a little bit more exposure before we can warrant uh, doing expansion on it. Yeah. I, I mean, that's the sad news of it all. Yeah, it's just the truth of – that's where the, the cold, hard reality of business meets the, uh, yeah. the fun game-making side. Right. Everyone so, listening to this show, buy a copy. Buy four. Buy six. Buy a copy for you. Buy a copy for your wife. Or D6. Tell your friends. Tell your family. Everyone needs one. Tell your family's family. Yes. This game needs to. This game needs to outsell Monopoly. Especially Caroling, go door to door. Dwarven mining. Here we come with Dwarven mining. All of Utah knows of us. Yeah, every single person. Every yeah, you reach every home in Utah, correct? Uh, I hope so. We try. <laughs> I know we reached quite a few, but wow. I hope. I don't know if we hit every home. That would be tough. Did you hit St. George? Yeah, we've we've had people in St. George. Listen. Oh, good. We even have people outside of Utah. We so. have people in Japan and England and yeah. That is outside Utah. Yeah, wow. it hits the whole world. It hits yeah. the whole world now knows about Dwarven yeah. Mines. Yes, yes. They don't, and that's kind of sad. So, well, I would have worn a tie. You would all be able to feel it just in your voice. So instead of yes. leaving a batch of Christmas cookies for your, to your neighbor, leave them a dwarf, copy of Dwarven Miner. A batch of Dwarven Miner. Yeah. Yes. A batch of cookies. Yes. A batch of Dwarven Miner. <laughs> a batch of Dwarven Miner. Barbarian chef. Fork, fork, fork. Fork, fork, fork. I don't know. That would be a fun game right there. Barbarian chef. Yep. <laughs> you, have to, you have to make a, a, a dish and kill people at the same with time. The with the dish. Exactly. Yeah. Without poisoning them. Hmm. I'll work on See? We yeah. just made That'd a game. That would be a culinary masterpiece. Now, that would probably be uh, the uh, killing, the, where poisoning them would probably be uh, Rogue Bartender. No, no, we, no that, that's the Rogue Pizza Delivery Boy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we talked about, well, the delivery boy. The rogue delivery boy. You have to be a rogue. Oh, no. You have to have dexterity. The game, yeah. the game could be a reskin of, you know, Dwarven Miner. You, the barbarian goes out and collects, you know, orcs and monster bits and stuff and has to craft ices, spices and has to craft them into dishes that he then, oh, you know, the cannibal <laughs> tribes. There it is. There we go. Done. Well, and Mike just came up with <laughs> barbarian. That's right. As long as we get credit. Well, well Marsh, the, game, the game's not called Barbarian Chef. It's, it's called Bork, Bork, Bork. <laughs> Bork, Bork, Bork. <laughs> well, no, that is Barbarian Chef. That's yes. Just, oh, that's <laughs> Barbarian Chef for Barbarian Chef. Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <sighs> We're 12, I think. We just came with, up with an entire game just sitting here with you guys. That was awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's how it worked. <laughs> oh, if we can just incorporate steampunk in there, then we're all set. Well, see, steampunk's a separate game. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, he uses, a, he uses this, the barbarian chef uses a steam-powered carving knife. Ooh, there we go. go. Oh. Chain, chain sword. Yeah, reciprocating. Reciprocating yes. chain sword. <laughs> oh, that sounds like a band name right there. <laughs> yes, it does. They opened up for penetrating things. No, they opened up penetrating things. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, that reminds me. I did a, I did a, one of these talk show, late-night talk shows, right? Yeah. And the musical guest was Guar. Do you know who Guar yeah. is? Yeah, awesome. So we're in the back, you know, kind of, kind of in the green room, hanging out, and I hear, <laughs> I don't think what's going on. Is there an ogre in the building? 
So I go and I look and I can see the lead singer of Guar standing in the room by himself on a table in nothing but like a fur diaper, it looked like, some boots, and bare chested all dirtied up, just yelling at the ceiling. I guess that's how it warms up. So that's my Guar story, yeah. Nice. <laughs> I think we should warm up before. Lots of things that way. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, uh, when you brainstorm, just do that. It's dark. <laughs> wow. All right. Well, we've probably taken up a majority of your evening, and it's getting late there in Kentucky. So thanks again, and everyone out there, check out Rather Dashing Games, uh, Red Hot Silly Peppers, Four Taverns, Dwarven Miner, I know I'm forgetting something else. Xbox Mark Mark yeah. Check out all these games. They're great family games, and it's a great Christmas gift. And they're not super expensive. And they're easy to learn. Oh, yeah. Yes, we pride ourselves on that. You can open it up, sit down, and you're playing within, a, I think, less than five minutes. I, I don't think we've ever taken longer than that to, to figure out a game. Usually it's easier just to start rolling, like with Door Miner, you just start rolling and showing people how to mil- make things, and then they end up beating you five turns later. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's good, too. <laughs> so, all right, check them out, ratherdashinggames.com is their website, or check out your local game store for these games. If they don't have it, ask them for it. Thank you. Thank you very much. And, gentlemen. It's always been a pleasure. No, yeah, as, it, as it is, the pleasure is always on our side as well. Oh, good. It is. Double pleasure. Double yep. your fun. All right. Yep. Grant Wilson and uh, Mike Ritchie, thank you very much for being on with us tonight. Thank you. Thank you. All right. We'll catch you later and uh, let us know if there's anything else coming out, and we'll, we'd love to have you on. Thanks. All right. Have a great Christmas, guys. Merry you Christmas. as well. Have, have a good you one. Too. You too. And we're out. Yay! Okay. Rather dashing. Yes. Always fun to talk with those guys.